Hey family, you're tuning in to the Jimmy Bonds podcast on Philadelphia Radio. Pardon any technical difficulties as we are recording live on the Zoom platform. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Jimmy! Okay. Lights, camera, action. Some people thought I quit and I ain't giving satisfaction. From a different era, writing rhymes up on napkins. What you had to say was more important, man, than traffic. Yeah, I'm talking back. What's good, family, and welcome to another episode of Jimmy Bonds Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. This episode is sponsored by Major Flavor Catering. I'm your host, Jimmy Bonds, along with my co-host, Ty. T.Y., what's good, Ty? How you feeling? All good in the neighborhood. Live from the 215, Jimmy. Live from the 215. And you know I can't forget my other co-host, lovely Miss T with the T. She's not here with us today, but she's always here with us in spirit. Remember, family, you can call us with your comments and questions at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. It's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. Remember, family, you can also follow us on Instagram at jimmybondspodcast, on Twitter at podcastbonds, and also remember to join our Jimmy Bonds Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you join the Facebook group. We continue to open the dialogue. Moving right along, family. Tonight, 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 we have a very, very special guest. We are continuing our Supporting Black Business series as we do, but I think this this particular interview family is going to be a little bit different. We're not just supporting Black business family. We're actually going to jump into something that I think a lot of us need to know, a lot of us need to be tuned into. Our guest is somebody that has extensive knowledge as far as industries and tech and oil and gas. She has a very, very extensive resume. Her mm-hmm. track record is amazing and family. Let me just give you a little bit about her before we before we tell you who she is. Okay. All right. So Ms. Daniela Green is a highly sought after strategist and coach for women that are trying to pivot into leadership positions. She teaches them also how to navigate and negotiate in the tech and oil and gas industry. She teaches minorities how to win in the good old boy system, as we all know how that is. She has created one of her firms, Slaypedia, and she created that because of the lack of resources that are available to people of color in the tech and oil and gas industry. She has her, she has used her expertise in order to help others find executive positions in companies such as ConocoPhillips, Viacom, Shell Oil, and Amazon, just to name a few. She has her own podcast, Slaypedia, The Wall, the Wall Street Chick, which has 250,000 subscribers on Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Apple TV, Google Play, and many others, just to name a few. Family, I like to describe her as intuitive, innovative, cultivating, genuine, progressive, intuned, ambitious, tenacious, motivating, influential, groundbreaking, understanding she's bridging the gap and she's engineering change ladies and gentlemen miss daniela <laughs> what's up miss green how you doing so much how you thank doing you so green? much i'm doing wonderful that was so flattering thank you so much <laughs> for having me here i feel so good <laughs> listen she 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 is she's doing major things family and she's probably one of the people that I've, I've just investigated and researched and tied it to, we just were really taken back by what she's doing. And we thought it'd be yeah. great to have her come on and talk to the family about her expertise, her knowledge, 
what she does, how she does it, and her experience. I think all of that is very relevant to not just today's society in the business world, but society in general. So we're going to kick it right along, Ty. Go ahead, man. I know you got a question for it. Ms. Daniela Green, it's nice to meet you. How are you nice doing? Nice to meet you. I'm doing okay. wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. That's great. Um, can you give us some insight on how do you approach leaders on DEI initiatives and sustainability efforts? And what does DEI stand for? Right. Okay. Thank you. That's a very good question. So uh, diversity and inclusion is pretty much what your DEI initiatives are talking about and targeting. And one of the reasons that's important is because uh, that's the way of the, that's where all the money is going. So most of your investors, especially if you're a publicly traded company, they want to know what's your sustainability plan. And a lot of people don't know, but diversity and inclusion is a key integral uh, piece of sustainability. It's not just environmental and governance, it's also sustainability. And a lot of companies, for example, who have excelled at this is Amazon, Microsoft, and Oracle. Netflix is another one. Another company that has not done so well with it is Walmart. Um, and we're starting to see them tank. Um, another company been called to the carpet recently and is opening up new opportunities for people of color is Google. Uh, and Facebook. And so what happens is you'll notice that Facebook and Google got very aggressive with attacking diversity and inclusion first, because if you don't have a diversity and inclusion plan, uh, not only will the best talent not come with you and your company, but investors won't put their money uh, in your organization or because you sound outdated or you don't sound up to the task. So that's very important. So I think if you're approaching leaders is the first thing is the number one people in your given industry, in your field, they've already went that direction. So you're going to be considered what the industry calls a laggard, meaning you're falling behind. Um, you're kind of on the edge of being extinct, if not completely taken over by your uh, competitors. So it's the, it's the law of the land. It's the trend that you need to follow. Um, it's also a lifeline for survival for a lot of corporations. I remember listening to uh, the CEO of Walmart talk about how they kept talking about how they're going to do diversity and inclusion in 2019. And then all of a sudden they took a hard shift to just trying to hurry up and do something because they're losing so much money. Uh, Walmart is pretty much suffering on that front. And so is Google. Uh, you also face liability. I don't know how many times I have to tell leaders, if you have a mostly white uh, male organization, somebody's going to say something inappropriate. They don't have cultural training or cultural sensitivity. So if somebody's getting recorded like Papa John's using the N-word, that's going to pretty much tank a company overnight. And Twitter is a place where companies and businesses and personalities go to die when, they, when they're not diverse. Uh, I've seen about five influencers, white females, just literally lose their entire empire overnight just by simply not being culturally aware or understanding what diversity and inclusion is. Um, and so even if you have a small business, I've said this to a lot of white influencers, you might want to be diverse with your contractors because it'll save you from making a fool out of yourself. Uh, I think the most recent example of that is Rachel Hollis, you know, when she tried to steal a quote from Maya Angelou. So <laughs> things like that can happen when you make a fool of yourself when you're not uh on the wagon of diversity and inclusion is you don't have a choice. Now you also help our women seeking to move into leadership roles in tech oil and the gas industry. And yes. This is done through a, a creation of yours called a masterclass, correct? Yes. 
Um, so it's a 200K career blueprint? Yes. Um, okay. I have several pieces of that. Uh, some of them, for some women, they're already in leadership and they don't really understand what it means to have leadership initiatives because what they don't tell people of color is when you get hired to become a VP and a CFO and a director, you also have a performance bonus. So some of your job description may not necessarily be given to you because they're just looking for you to problem solve. So you get thrown into the fire. Um, and so when people of color come to me, what typically happens is I have to sit them down and say, hey, these are the things that they're not telling you that they're actually judging you by. And then we also look at how they're performing against the job title in itself. So that's the side of the program that I offer for people who are already in leadership. Um, and the reason why I do the 200K Career Blueprint uh, program is simply because there are a lot of people of color who have education, experience, but they don't understand that you hit a glass ceiling. Nobody else is going to pay you any more than what you earn in that role. So it's time for you to, at some point in your career, pivot over to a senior title or director or VP. Uh, so, so I teach them how to do that transition and how to prepare for that type of interview. Understood. Okay. Ty, listen, bro. Listen, I'm, I'm sitting here just listening like, yo, she knows her stuff, family. She <laughs> knows what she's doing. She, she's no rookie to this. She knows the game, family. I mean, I, I, I'm sitting here like I'm learning myself. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep, keep talking, Miss Danielle. I, I just want to know what's good. But let, let me ask you a question. Okay. Now, you know, Texas right now is going mm -hmm. through a lot of changes. How does the political climate, particularly in Texas and other areas around the country, how has that hindered some of the women moving forward? So how does that hinder their advancement? Mm, that's a good, that's a good topic. Um, I think what ha what's, what's happening in Texas, what's happening across the United States is because there is a lack of female leadership, we don't really see diverse leaders. Um, and I think if anything, it shows a need for more women in leadership opportunities, whether it be in politics or a VP's title at a corporation, there's a dying need for a more diverse perspective. Uh, and a lot of people are complaining about, you know, oh, these laws don't make sense. And it's kind of more of the reason why you do need to step up to the plate because the people who speak for you and the people who are voting in place of you are, they can't identify with you. Uh, and those are typically your older white males. Um, what I will say is that the reason why we, we're starting to see this become such a touchy subject is one, the baby boomers are dying off, right? And yeah, so the are. next question is, what's who's next? And that's that generation X. Generation yeah. Xers are pretty much those of you in your 40s and early 50s. Yeah. They're the ones that's up next. That's and, Utah. And, that's Utah. <laughs> you don't have to call them out like that. Nah, shoot, I'm so, right there with yeah. them. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> so, so you guys are gonna be the executives. You guys are gonna be the ones that run for political positions. And I think we're just basically seeing two generations come to a, a clash. And as the baby boomers die out, uh, I think they're still trying to fight to have their voices heard, but looking at the recent uh, courts overturning Texas and in Texas resorting back again, it's just that fight between the old times have passed and now here in comes the new. You know, change change is hard. I mean, it is. It's I very mean, hard. It's, this it, is the it, south. It's, it's right. It's it, well, right. Texas is the south, and it's not just change. You know, change used to be we had to get out and protest, and we had to you know hold hold our pickets and hold the line that kind of thing. This this changes a little bit more. Um, what shall I say? Uh, internal you know it's it's more internal so it's even more of a battle between like you said the clashes of philosophy the clashes of the way it used to be and the way it's gonna be 
And I find that it, it, that's one of the things I know that that I think to our generation, we're always talking about how our generation has to fight against that and try to change the way these people think, because right now yes. they're holding on to it, but they need to let it go because we have very progressive ideas that's going to move us forward. But it, it sometimes it's like we're, we're coming backwards because they're holding on to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something I definitely I, I, I'm right there with you. I completely, completely agree. I, I always think of the comment Jay-Z made that a lot of black people didn't like, but it was true. He said, we're past that point of kneeling. And I think what he was saying was not that we don't kneel or protest, but we're past the point of protest. We are now able to get keys to be in position of power. And so we can just change the narrative ourselves. And so that's why I push my program so hard, because now you can exploit the trying times and get into those leadership opportunities because they have no choice but to diversify. Yeah, they they don't. And like you said, they if, they, if they don't diversify, Exploited. they're going to pay for it. Period. Right. You know, they're going to pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Point blank. OK, now let me ask you this question now. You know, I read in your bio that you. You made your way up the ladder very fast. At age 23, you were already making moves within the industry. You were already, you know, escalating yourself. What what was it like for you navigating the good old boy system? What, what was that like? Because, I mean, it exists in good old boy system. You know, it, it, that's that's what that's what really American companies are built on. So right. how what, what was it like for you navigating that whole thing? I was raised by my grandparents. So it's not really hard for me to connect to baby boomers. And so the first thing I did was utilize that and tap into that ability to connect to older people. Um, And when one thing you'll learn with your older white males is if you are quicker than them and you are smarter than them, if you just simply have a direct conversation on the business at hand, uh, you can open a door in areas where others couldn't. So my the hardest thing for me to understand is that um, they hired me not because I was so smart. I think they just didn't really have a choice. I was I was better than them. And so I exploited that. And I always tied what I wanted to them getting business done. And so I think that's how things just progressed quickly for me. Um, and then once I got into that system and saw how that world worked, uh, the first thing I think that they have in common with the Jewish community um, is that they keep it in the family. You know, mm. when we would go yeah. out for contracts for bid, yeah. and this is why I started my brand and my business. But when we would say, hey, we need a contractor and it's a seven million dollar award, they would then go pull someone from their family or their community, even if they were uneducated, get them trained and up to date with their money. Right. Uh And create a debt from that. Like, hey, I got you the seven million dollar contract and they will create a debt with someone else. Whereas in our community, I felt like when I saw African-Americans in leadership and Latinas in leadership, there was a disconnect. Like, uh, uh-uh, you're not going to, I don't want to be associated with too many people of color. So that's what I think one of the, the first key integral pieces uh, was for me climbing that ladder. You have yeah. to have allies. Yeah, yeah. I th- that's the key word, <clears throat> allies. Like, and but something you said really jumped out at me. Like, hey, you know how, top, why, why is it that we as Black people be like, no, nah, we don't want to work with our people when we get some money, when we get things, that contracts and things like that. We'd be like, I don't want, no, I don't want, I don't want Tyrone on my, on my what's name, because you know well, how Tyrone be. And, and, that's a, and that's a valid stance. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that, and I've had this conversation with uh, mostly white leaders, because you tell us that you want diversity and inclusion, but as an African-American, a woman, a woman of color, I know how you look at us when there's too many of us in one space. It's a threat. 
it's a problem. And so for a black person to shun black people, I understand two sides of that because at the same time, it's hard enough for us to get up there. You're not going to find a reason to get rid of me. You get what I'm saying? But at the same time, you can't forget who you are and where you come from. Because even while I was building allies and even while I climbed the ladder, I knew I wasn't one of them. So that's why I said I always had to remember, one, you know who you are and where you come from. And if within a drop of a dime, when I leave that room, I probably could guess what they call me. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I always tie what I wanted to my talent. So if I wanted a raise, I knew to go find a job first before I came in real strong and say, well, if you don't give me a raise, I'm taking this process to this company because they didn't give a crap about me. So I knew how to tie it to what I wanted. Right. I think that's what a lot of us working lack that understanding that, yeah, that kind of strategy, you know, because it, it's it's a strategy behind it as well. It's you know, it used to be you worked for a company instead of the company works for you. You know what right. I mean? And it has to be a give and take. It can't just be I'm here doing my job. And that's what it is like. No, I'm working for this company. I have leverage as well, just like they have leverage as well. So we got to make sure we figure out where this leverage meets in the middle. You right. know, and a lot of times you build that leverage by saying, hey, I can take this somewhere else if, if you want me to. You know, if that's really where you want to go. You really don't want to pay me this money. I know X, Y, Z company will pay me this money to do mm-hmm. to do the exact same thing. And that's that's how you build on leverage. I tell people all the time. I'm All I'm doing is building leverage. That's all I'm doing. End of right. the day, it's about me building leverage because they can't take that away from me at the end. You know, right. they can take a job, but they can never take my leverage. And that's 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 the one thing I believe, you know. Like you listen, man. Like you, girl, let me tell you, you just <laughs> she over here speaking our language, bro. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like, like she bullied her way through the industry. No, she ain't just bully. She said, Yo, excuse me. <laughs> I, 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 play, I played the game that they played. And yes, it is. It is a game because but because here's something, and I hope this isn't offensive to anyone. Let's mm. be very clear. When we look at someone like Donald Trump, he's loyal mm. to himself first. He's not loyal to Republicans. He's not loyal to anybody else. It's about him at the end of the day. You he just recently endorsed uh, Stacey Abrams. Yeah, I know, right? You, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he's about what makes sense. How can I get from the next dollar? And so the next, the first thing you'll understand with corporate America, it's about money at the end of the day. So even if you two are African-Americans and you feel like you want to merge with a bigger platform and it's mostly white, if you bring in something that no one else is bringing, even as white as they may appear, when it comes to money and business, you have a you have a, a door for exploitation and you have a way in. Hey, it's business at the end of the not, day. It's that not a, it's not a bad different. word. It, it, it's <laughs> not a bad word. They make exploit. I'm being exploited. Like, no, that's not. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not a bad word. It's not something that's in the, in the negative connotation. I mean, damn, damn, damn y'all are goodness gracious, man. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad word. word. we're gonna take a quick break before before you know after your question but go ahead i I know you got another question for it miss daniela Mm -hmm. with the uh, tech oil and gas industry be something that that as an investor i would want to invest in i would honestly tell you to focus more on tech than oil and gas because oil and gas is a question mark when will we stop using uh non-renewable energy is the question. Um, and if you look at places like China, who they're ahead of us, they already started to build something called solar farms. And that's something mm-hmm. I think African-Americans should start focusing their energy on. It's green energy, solar farms, renewable energy. 
Okay. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. Remember, family, you can call us with your comments or questions at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. It's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. You listen to the Jimmy Bonds podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Michael from Upper Darby. This is the Jimmy Bonds podcast on Philadelphia Radio. Welcome back to the Jimmy Bonds Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We thank you for listening. Remember, family, you can call us at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. And welcome back to Jimmy Bond's podcast on Philadelphia Radio. Remember, family, you can call us with your comments or questions at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at Jimmy Bond's podcast at gmail.com. Again, it's Jimmy Bond's podcast at gmail.com. It's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. Now, family, we're definitely doing a great interview. We're having a great interview, rather, should I say, with Miss Daniela Green. From Slaypedia, Slaypedia, that Wall Street chick. Listen, you got to check out that podcast. She's doing dope things. She has dropping so much knowledge. She's doing her thing. Um, but before we went to the break, I know Ty wanted to ask her a question about her other organization. So Ty, go ahead, man, jump in there. Yes, yes. Uh, Miss Green, uh, you are the founder of the Transfer Green, the only Black-owned engineering consulting firm in Texas, and it's one of seven national. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you give us some details about Transfer Green, how it came about, where is that now, and where do you see it going? Thank you. Yes. Uh, so Transfer Green is a, is my baby. I'm very proud of. Uh, we focus on sustainability engineering. So when you tell a company that they have to go green, they have to be diverse, they have to be up to par with governance and things like that, the question is how? And how can you get there in the most cost-effective way? The reason I started that company is because when I looked at where the money for Chevron, Shell, and Exxon, which are the owner operators of oil and gas, where they were putting their money, they all put at least $22 billion into more exploration projects. And then in 2020, they retracted all of that money and redirected a huge sum of it to green energy. And so what that tells me is that there's where the money is going. And uh, the fact that they are going back and forth with the amounts lets me know they're having a hard time on the how. And so that's why I went into this industry. And it's been pretty good so far. Where it's headed is I really would like to work with more companies that are struggling with uh, business models and struggling with ways to stay up to date with sustainability efforts. We typically work with government or federal contracts, but I'm open to working with more um, smaller minority-owned businesses to kind of push them in the direction of where all the money is going. That's the hardest Jimmy? thing for us. I was, I was going to say, that's the hardest thing is where, for us where to find the money. Ty, ain't that the hardest thing? Where is it the is. money? We the have resources. these we have these innovating ideas because we're very creative people. But the one thing that we, that we have a problem with is finding the financing to, for projects to push behind it. And, you know, it sounds like to me that Transfer Green is is one of the most is one of the pivotal companies that will help you get to that point. So right. if you are into the, the tech world or the going green or the transferring to greener, greener sustainability. Business. Yes. I mean, if that's where you're going, 
you need to go ahead and make sure that you you go ahead and talk to Transfer Green because this is the this is the future for our, I guess our our sustainability as as a, as a society and us, us to be right. a part of it. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't mean to take that. You just man. No, you said something earlier. You said our community has a tendency to be more reactive versus proactive. Yeah, we do. And I think that green energy. If you ask me, what well, where is green energy? Why should I invest? I think it's hilarious because that uh, I think about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, there was a company that has tried to get capital and they failed miserably for at least eight years. And then when the market uh, 2008 housing market crash happened, Airbnb was born. Mm. Um, And I think that's how green energy is going. It's going to keep going to a place where the government literally pushes everyone to go green or face a penalty. And then Mm. when all of the money shifts, if you didn't invest now, it's too late. As I said, you better get in it now because in the end, it's going to cost yeah. more. It's going to cost mm-hmm. a lot more than, than, than it does right now. I mean, it's it's getting up there now. I think yes. particularly with, with the green industry and going green, that, that thing, there is a language barrier between that and the Black community. What I mean by that is we don't think about going green. That's not really something that that's our, on our everyday psyche, you know, we think about surviving. We think about putting food on the table. We think about how we're going to get to work, you know, putting gas in the car. That's what we think about. Mm-hmm. And I think the, I guess the, the disconnect between the language of going green and what that means, because sometimes going green can be very expensive for people and within, you know, within our, our, it our communities. It is, And, you know, that I think the biggest problem I, that it is, is that it seems like it's a white thing particularly a white liberal thing. And -hmm. a lot of times when you have white liberals, everything's becomes much, much more expensive. I'm not just, I'm not trying to. No, but I'm just being, I'm being honest. Right. So Mm -hmm. I I think that that one, that one aspect, the language of it all, I think if somehow we can change the language of it, it will communicate better to our community to help them understand it. Yes. This is what's next. This is what the future getting it now. Like you talk about going solar, Putting solar panels on your house is so expensive these days. But if there was maybe a government tax credit somehow that could help people do that and save energy and use solar energy more than they use gas or they use even the regular electricity, it would change kind of how we go about it. If we saw how it affected us every day or how it benefited us every day, I think we would be more into it. And that's why I mean, like, the disconnect a lot of times. I know like, I'm, I'm just, I don't mean to go on a rant. I'm just thinking. No, about- it, what you're saying is very valid. Um, recently here in Texas, we had a freeze and that was horrific. For those of you up there, I'm pretty sure this was laughable to you, but but Texas, no, it, it we wasn't. almost died. You, you had, you had people, you had people <laughs> we almost away, died. So it wasn't seriously. laughable, right. <laughs> um, but I always like to tell people when disaster strikes is when change comes. And so for things to fall apart, that's typically when we see a change. And you mentioned something about, we hear about going green from liberals. I think the best way I describe it to our community is that Al Gore, the liberals, was the first to raise a red flag about global warming. Nobody cared because we didn't see the effects of it. But now today with Antarctica literally, literally melting, and all of these holes are opening up down there, and we don't know what's inside of them. Uh, they said that you know, we experience a more intense hurricanes and more intense uh, weather. I think now, because we see the effects of it, companies are now being put under pressure by uh, governments all over the world 
for a plan. I think China has a net carbon plan by 2060. So now there's a the big, I feel like if someone were to ask me, where are we? We are right at the point of before it gets to the top and starts to go down. And so this is the best time to invest because if governments are getting involved and coming up with first, uh, it was Amazon saying they were going to be net carbon by 2040. But if we hear countries trying to become uh, carbon neutral, I'm sorry, by 2060, that lets you know that they're going to start coming out with more incentives to go green. And then they're going to start punishing people if you don't. I mean, and, but when you hear incentives to go green, that, that means benefits. Tax. Know? I mean, we have some now. I think if you, in Texas, I'm not sure what it is in other places, but there's a tax incentive if you have a Tesla because it's electrical. You know, it's already beginning now. So I think you should talk to the people who, you who you know, your taxes. If you have recycled uh, programs within your company, there's a tax credit. Um, so they're, they're there, but they are definitely going to be more as time progresses. I, my estimate is that by 2023, I think we're going to hear a lot about more tax credits and nobody's going to respond. And I think right when Biden is going up for election again, the government is going to come down really hard on corporations like literally really hard and they won't have a choice but to transition. And that's going to hurt a lot of people that's not prepared for their careers. And, and you know, when, when companies get hurt like that or penalized for it, you know, who pays for it, right? It's not. The oh, executives. absolutely. It's the, it's the workers. It's the people on the lower level. That's, that's the first ones they cut to when things like that happen. Oh, y'all going to taxes. Okay. We just gonna cut some of these people. We can we cut up some of our payroll taxes. Oh, that's, that's easy. You know, they find right. ways to, they find ways to minimize their, their, their penalties, I would say. Um, but Ty, you know, I, I listen, I don't go on the rant. Ty, I know you got a question, boy. Go ahead, man. Yes. Uh, Ms. Green, you're efficient, effective, constructive, and productive with everything you've been saying. What started it all? I mean, what started you on this path? So I'm fortunate enough to, I went to school for engineering, went into oil and gas. And I remember, I think this was when Trump started to run. I was located in West Virginia and I was on a pipeline project because all of the United States is pretty much on running on natural gas. And this was around the time West Virginia, P Pennsylvania, uh, even New York. I was over projects. I was a director over projects where they were transitioning from coal to gas, yes. natural yep. gas. And yes, I yes. never forget, you know, being in West Virginia, seeing these beautiful homes. I met so many people who came from in Texas. We call it oil and gas money when you meet families who are from that industry. And in Africa, mm there's a plethora of oil and gas families who are multi-billion dollar status. You just don't hear about them. But in West right. Virginia, these people were, you know, my granddaddy. These were mostly white families. Their granddad and their grand, the great, great grandpa was in coal and coal was the bigger industry back in the day. And mm -hmm. I remember waking up one morning and just literally watching each big cold uh, company go bankrupt one by one. And all of these homes were up for sale. And to see how quick that transition happened. And when there was a company called TransCanada, they came in and bought up all of the um, companies in, in that region. One of the companies I was with at the time got taken up into that too. And just watching how quick that transition happened, it wiped out a whole industry of people who were dependent on coal. And so wow. that's what made me say, when is oil and gas up next for the Axe? And because I want to be ahead of that. And then I remember we were talking about renewable energy, windmills and solar panels. And um, I started researching and spending more time on where 
that was going. Um, and then when we saw Trump lose to Biden, being that that's a liberal party, I already I say, OK, if I'm going to take it serious now, now is the time because that's where the way of the world is going. Oh, yeah. And you, we, so it, that's where it started for me, where I saw something needed to change. Or my that's when I actually decided to leave corporate America, because I was like, this is a moment where I can really build my brand. What do women of color stand to gain by getting into the tech oil and gas industry? So first thing I think is interesting when I say women of color is applies to Asians, Indians and mm -hmm. Latinas. Uh, mm -hmm. If you have color on your skin, you are a woman of color. It's not just African-Americans. Another yeah. thing I like to throw in is that African-Americans are not actually the bottom of the barrel when it comes to pay gap. We are actually okay. ranking at number two under white women. So that's good. But it's still we're still underpaid. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think. As the lower paid is maybe women, black women, Hispanics, and then Native American. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, so yeah. women no, of you, color you suffer. You needed period. to point that out. You needed to point mm -hmm. that out because yeah, because yeah. there's a perception that yes. only black yes. people deal with yes. this. And, no, and I, I don't like these posts that I've been seeing where it's like black women need to ask for more. And it's like, no, you need to ask for more. <laughs> you Asian. <laughs> so um, it's all people of women, even white women are underpaid in comparison to your white male. Um, but the mm -hmm. gain, the gain of pivoting over to that industry is one, you'll have a job opportunity for 20 plus years to come. If you're not close to retirement Two, you won't have to un think about, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Because the company that I was working with was solely based on uh, non-renewable energy. Um, and lastly, three, if you're in the industry that's the hottest right now, you're probably going to be the hottest professional on the market. And so the plethora of opportunities will always be there. A lot of people are saying, well, nobody's hiring. It's not that nobody's hiring. Nobody's probably hiring in your industry because it's probably on its way to being extinct. And so that's why I tell people to make the transition now to tech, Facebook, 80,000 positions. I think they have Amazon. These companies are taking over the world and they'll continue. So you might as well transition to the side where even if you get laid off by one of those companies, you're already in tech. You, so you're already in the biggest industry there is and open up that window to global opportunities because remote work is another thing that companies are sticking by. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, bro. Like, yeah. Like she just really hit it on the nail. <laughs> she just really dropped some knowledge. If, if you ain't listening to what she's saying, she is giving the game away right now for free. Y'all better be listening. Listen, because she's going to charge you on the other side. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to what she's saying because she knows exactly what she's talking about. This is, a, I mean, shoot, I, I might as well look. I sit around at work and watch CNBC all day long. I'm like, I don't know why they're not interviewing Daniela. They need to be interviewing Daniela about this all this stuff. <laughs> And she might not listen. They sit around and talk to these dudes. They just they just boring as hell talking about the, the market and what the market is doing. She Daniela knows, bro. She knows exactly what it is. <laughs> so listen, I'm not trying to you know hype you up. I'm just being honest, man. I'm like, man, okay. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching CNBC over this job. But listen, all right, my fault. <laughs> what? Tell me, tell me this. Besides race and gender, what are some of the other factors that contribute to black women or people of color? Should I say? What? What is that? What? What? What else contributes to our lack of advancement? The funny thing is, I've met women who come from some of the best schools in the country. Very smart, twenty-five years, thirty years experience. But the most common thing that I hear, and it really upsets me and it hurts to hear it, is that 
when I go through an assessment on what the woman or the, the person of color does, this happens with men and women. And they'll tell me, oh, I do my boss's job and I also train people coming in at his level or I'm performing at a VP's level already. And then I say, well, why aren't you applying for that type of opportunity? Oh, well, they're not going to hire me is one. Or they'll say, oh, I don't want that kind of responsibility. And I'm like, you already have it. You're just not getting paid for it. (laughs) So what's the (laughs) difference if you actually start to get paid for it? And so here's like, here's what I like to tell people where you won't, where you fail to ask and step up to the plate, there'll be a white man, uh, some white male come along the way to see how talented you are. And maybe you can roll up to him, help him secure a performance bonus and a quarterly bonus. And then a severance package that goes past the amount of time he's even been at the company. Because what we don't understand is the higher we climb the ladder, it's more than just a salary. Your salary is something called a base salary. You start moving into areas where you can double up on your retirement. You can get stock options. You can even get something that I had was something called a golden parachute. And at that point, you just sit around and you wish somebody would lay you off. Because with that, if they have to buy you out the company. And so, I mean, that's why I always tell people, I don't understand what the phobia of fear is. Oh, I don't want that kind of responsibility. And it's like, you're already wearing more hats than you are paid for. So what is the fear? uh, Those are the top two things that I always get from women. They don't want to because they feel like nobody will hire them, even though these companies are telling you they're trying to be diverse. So the opportunity is there. You just don't feel like you're worthy enough for it or they won't take you serious. Or you're performing at that role, but you don't feel like you want that responsibility. Those two always get me. I never understand the logic behind it. You, you know what's crazy? They talk about they don't want the responsibility, but have you ever watched what the executives do? Do you have yeah, you ever your seen day it? is over by the Thank time you. you're start? Thank you. Yours, you start at eight and they come in at twelve and then they yeah, leave at it's, three. It's, so it's more it's, social. Listen, it's just uh, you, you really they just go out and just be be part of meetings. They sit in meetings all day. They don't do the work that the, that the people that you would normally do. So I, like I mean I, <laughs> I think the words I think out the of way our I mouth. like to say it since our community is so entrepreneurial uh driven, here's what I like to tell people. When I decided to leave corporate America and I had a VP's title and they offered me a chief's officer's title and I declined, the reason why I could afford to do that is because I had a golden parachute. I had a two-year severance package. So I wanted to be laid off. I actually asked them to lay me off. And so with that capital, I had enough money to go start my own company and still maintain my standard of living that I was used to. So according to Wall Street, you are 90%, 90% more guaranteed success if you went into an executive leadership role and then started your own company because you have access to banks, you know who your key players are. You know who to target. You already have access to CEOs of other companies to do business directly with you. And so it takes away the guesswork and the struggle to start in a company. She said 90%. You have a 90% chance of, 90. of winging it. 90. I mean, just look at most executives. They always go off to start their own company. Yeah. It becomes really big. They sell it and retire. Ty, hmm. she give, Ty she giving the game away, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, we look, we at the executive level, baby. We some we sound we hustling backwards, bro. It's <laughs> a game changer. Listen, game changer. Like I can't, yeah, I can't yeah, put it in changer. words. Like yo, yeah. like you know, you know exactly what it is because a lot of times people don't, people can't put their dreams 
into reality without knowing how the game is played. Once they right. know how the game is played, it brings less frustration. It brings less hard work as far as the grunt work of it, because now most of it is networking. Most of it is people knowing your reputation. It's knowing it's what your you, who you know. It's who you know. It's not about what you do. It's who you know. And exactly. You know that's that that's. I'm telling, let me. Just, I'm just shut up right now. Let me just go ahead and answer my <laughs> ask my next question. We can get the break because because Miss Green right here, family Miss Green is man. She knows her. She knows her stuff, family. And you know I've said it through this whole podcast, but you know it it's so refreshing. That's the word I'm looking for. It's refreshing. It's it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that make you feel good. Like oh yes, this is <laughs> this is fantastic. Okay, so before we go to break, I'm asking you this. What tell me tell me some of the or tell us rather some of the positive feedback you've got from the clients that you work with and the organizations that you work with. What what are some of the positive feedback you got from them? What do they say about you when like you know, what have you heard? Even if you heard through the grapevine, what have they said about you? The most proud thing, the one thing I esteem myself in is the fact that when I work with women, especially black women are women of color, period, to to hear them come back and tell me the offer they got. Mm. You know, I remember the one that stays with me the most is this lady. She was fresh off a divorce. Both of her kids had just went off to very expensive private schools, uh, one of them being Ivy League. And um, she got offered an opportunity with Microsoft and with executive leadership at an executive level. And she said that, you know, her base salary alone, she would go over half a million a year. And to see her go from this lady was making like 120 a year mm. trying to raise her kids and she was struggling. She came from Dartmouth. I mean, mm. very smart woman. Mm-hmm. But after we went through the negotiation, how to do this and how to do that, to see that lady literally change or break a generational pattern of the women in her family being divorced and going into poverty or struggling with to raise kids. I think that's what I really like to hear is the, the amounts of money that they get back are when people tell me, oh my God, they offer me two times what I was making or four times what I was making. So just to hear people realize the money is out there and not only is it out there, but they're worth it. I think that's the part. It's on my LinkedIn page. You can read it from my clients, watching them shift, not just into six figures, but past that 200K mark. I think that's the the part that really warms my heart most. But when I work with corporations, I think a lot of corporations enjoy having me because I can have conversations about diversity and inclusion that they can't have comfortably. So that's probably where you'll get a lot of praise. I'm able to ease or segue into sensitive topics. Like I remember, I won't say the company's name, but they had me come and sit with the African-American people in their company and leadership And so I had to let leadership know it's not an issue of Black people not applying. They don't trust you. So the question is, what is your leadership giving off to where African-American people in your organization are calling BS? That was a very interesting conversation. Oh, my God. Like, Ty, did she just say, Ty? Ty? Straight straight to the point, too. Oh, Ty, listen, (laughs) man. And that's a touchy subject to have in corporate America because- they didn't, I, I said, so you have to consider a black person. You're not really going to say how you really feel. Mm-hmm. But since we made it anonymous, the feedback was very interesting. Oh, yeah. It's very authentic yeah. as well. Very honest. Right. For sure. That, I mean, I'm sure they appreciated you being able to communicate that to them in, Absolutely. A, very, in, a, in, a, in a straightforward, professional manner that they can receive it. You know, and, and I think that word you mentioned, you know, we're going to go to break. That word you mentioned, I think 
is the most important. And that word is trust. If we don't trust who we work for, who we work with, the product, the productivity or the, the advancement of the company and the advancement of us within the company doesn't go very far. Trust, I think, is more valuable than money when you're in, in corporate America. Absolutely. And I think if I think a lot of times that, you know, we could be working so hard, but not trust that we're going to be rewarded for the work that we do. That I think a lot of times makes us hesitant to continue to move forward. You hear that? I'm going to just say it. You hear that that slogan? I don't trust these white folks. You yeah, know, absolutely. And, and I, <laughs> I mean, I, listen, Todd, I, I've, I've been in corporate America for, for a little while. And I can tell you that that's probably the, the biggest thing that people will always say. I don't trust these white folks. I don't trust them because right. they feel like at some, show, at, at some, at some point in the game, we're going to get the show into the stick. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest part of it all. Like, you know, we got to We got to gain. We got to gain. They have to gain our trust and we have to gain their trust. And I think once that happens, that helps the diversity factor. That makes the diversity more, not just inclusive, but more together. You start forgetting about race and forgetting about this. You you think about the person you work with more than the color of their skin. And I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, I, I know that's Martin Luther King, you know, rah, rah. But I mean, end of the day. If, if it's all about money and profitability, that's what it's about. It's about if it's about us making some money, let's make some money. Let's forget about what we look like, you know, and I think that's like I said, I can go and rant about this all day. But trust is a vital factor. Can I trust you? Can you trust I think, me? I think white America understood what that meant after the George Floyd mm. situation, because that changed things. It was no argument of, whoa, you should have listened to the officer. It was it was just somebody we watched somebody die on camera for no reason. Um, and I think to see Target, Ben and Jerry's have very raw reactions to um, what happened. I don't know if you remember, but people are like, oh, they destroyed Target. And Target was like, we have insurance. Let that burn. Yeah, seriously. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? They had a very raw resp- response to people hurting and wanting to be heard. And so it opened up a door with white America where it's like, okay, so what are you going to say to address this? How are y'all going to address this? Because you can't sweep that one under the rug. Mm -hmm. And so then for me to have to come into organizations, I've noticed a lot of white corporations, they really do want to know, are we opening up a safe space for our people? You know, what, what's really, how do you guys really feel right now? Because even it it impacted them. And yeah, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Listen, (laughs) If you're not listening to Miss Daniela Green right now, you are missing out, family. I'm telling you right now, if you're not listening to her and everything she is dropping, you are missing out. She's dropping some jewels. She's dropping some knowledge. She is planting some seeds, family. So I definitely, I, I can't <laughs> listen. I can't wait to put this one out. But listen, family, we're going to take a quick break. Remember, you can call us with your comments or questions at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. You listen to the Jimmy Bonds Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Michael from Upper Darby. This is the Jimmy Bonds Podcast on Every Radio. Welcome back to the Jimmy Bonds Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We thank you for listening. Remember, family, you can call us at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. 
And welcome back to Jimmy Vaughn's podcast on Philadelphia Radio. Remember, family, you can call us with your comments or questions at 844-844-1244. Again, that's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. And again, family, we are continuing our supporting black business. I think this kind of even is expanded. This is not just black business. This is really supporting business. And we are sitting here talking to Miss Daniela Green from Slaypedia, from Transfer Green. Family, she is dropping some knowledge. She's dropping some jewels. She's giving us a lot of knowledge, a lot of information about the industry, particularly oil and tech. Also, I mean, oil and tech, particularly tech, oil and gas. But she's also talking to us about how she's helping people in executive on executive levels expand where they're going, even increase their their income. It's just it's been rewarding to listen to her talk about her family. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to ask her on this level. Did you ever have any moments when you're building your brand that you said, I can't do this? I don't want to do this. Uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> Cause we because, talk about, you know, we talk about the positive aspects. We talk about the, the, you know, what you're doing is the success of it, but people don't really talk about what goes on behind closed doors. What made them be like, I had days where I was just like, I ain't doing this no more. Yeah. No, I, I think there's this wave on social media that makes entrepreneurship look so easy or, or glamorous. And it's not. It's yeah. really not. I, I think this is what I like to tell people. If you struggle with being committed to a nine to five, this is not for you. This life is not for you. Um, it's nothing wrong with saying you like to be a part of a company and know when your next check is coming. Entrepreneurship is not for you. It is not for everyone. It's not a shady statement because everything we say now is either shade or, or it's a mm. challenge. No, it's really not for everyone. This has tested me in areas that I've never thought I could be tested in. Um, and you think that money is a problem solver and it is not. Leading people is an emotional experience at times. It's like it's, it's, it's a reflection of yourself. So if they are sucking or you don't like the culture in which they operate, it, you set the tone for that. And so to constantly see your your weaknesses, your failures, your inabilities or wherever you are sh- sh- on a short end, be thrown in your face constantly. It requires a lot of humility. Um, I, so I think the first place for me to start was mentorship. Leaders need leaders. And then I have an accountability group because I need to always hear that my what I feel is a struggle is normal. Mm-hmm. Because if you have friends who are not entrepreneurs and if I'm saying, hey, I want to go from uh, seven figures to the next level or I want to have a month where we make six, uh, seven figures an average person is not going to understand that. But if you're talking to people who have already been there, they can actually understand where you're coming from and actually tell you the how and the, okay, if you're going to approach it, here's where you're weak at. So I, I tell people all the time, running a business is a constant reminder of where I'm weak because every time something fails is on me. I don't have anybody to blame. So yeah, it's hard. <laughs> ta, ta, ta. I, I know, man. Just- Bro. Like, bro, like, <laughs> did, did she not just say it? Like, did she not just say, okay, so, you know, what you should know about me and Ty is that we are, we are genuinely entrepreneurs at heart. Like we, okay. we have, we have built everything we're doing between the two of us together. You know, wow. we we're doing things separately and then we came together as a partnership and we started building together. Our journey, you know, there are days with me and Ty just like, yo, like, I don't want to do this regular job no more. You know, I don't, I, I just don't. <laughs> 
you know, I, I don't, don't want to do it. I don't want to. I, I can't do it no more. You know, this I is, understand. This is it's hurting my legs, it's hurting my feet, it's hurting my body. <laughs> You know, like, and it's just, you know, you go through it every day and you get, you, you do the grind and you do the grind because, you know, it's not just to pay the bills, but it's to, you know, continue the process of building what you're building. You know, what you said right there was key is that in our failures, a lot of times we feel like it, it's such an exposing thing. You know, when you fail, you feel so exposed. You Yeah. The common person who doesn't understand that, who's not in that kind of environment or that kind of psyche they don't, they can't, they can't comprehend what exactly that you're doing. Like, why are you, why are you trying to build something and you, why can't you just go work a regular job like me? Like, that's not my life. That's not the life I want to live. That's not where I want to go. I know that in America it's built on entrepreneurship. That's what America is built on. Companies are built on entrepreneurship. All the company, the company you work for at one point or another, somebody had an idea and would say, this is what I'm going to do. Like we, me and Ty, like we have to build this. We have to. But the struggles yeah. of it, that's not what you see on social media. No, nobody, sh- nobody I, shows Nobody shows I hate when, when I hear, I don't have anything against him, but that's why I said, I think Gary V, all that stuff is dangerous. Like these people don't tell you they come from money or they had a person oh, that donated money. Oh, four hours a week. Boy, bye. <laughs> like, like, like let's, let's be serious. Like, yes. I don't even go to sleep at night. Listen. <laughs> Listen, I got I got to turn the clock off at two o'clock in the morning. Like, no, I have to go to bed now because I got to get up in three hours. I have to go to bed. I have to. And, you know, I feel like like there's always there's there's a there's always a winning strategy. You know, there's a winning way to do this. Once you find it, once you find the way that works for you and your organization or you and your your team it propels you to the next level, you know, right. but it's a matter of finding it. Some people spend their whole lifetime trying to find it. Some people give up finding it. You know, yeah. and I, I mean, we are we are the type of people that's like, nah, we're, we're not giving up on this because we know we know not just what's in our heart, but what we built stress, the strategy of what we built. We feel like, yo, this is going to work, but it's a matter of when it works and what you're going to do in between. You know, so we're fine tuning things here and there. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, let's go ahead and spend a little more money here. You know, it's it's a constant, constant evolving type of thing. The- the the place that you're operating in, the two of you, is the think and grow rich concept. Because remember what happened to the guy who was digging from for gold oh, yeah. and he stopped and he found out he was three inches away from it. Yeah. And the person he sold all the equipment to found it. it yeah. He just picked up where he left off. Yeah. And so that's the th- think and grow rich mentality. Keep going because you could be three inches away from your goal. <laughs> I, you know, I was going to tell somebody, and you know, the other thing too about what you see on social media is you see people be just be ultra positive all the time, like just ultra to the point it's kind of like sickening. Like, okay, like I know, you know, go after your dreams, blah, blah, blah. I mean, my motto is stay up, don't sleep in your dreams. That's my motto. But mm-hmm. I feel like the realistic side of it is you have to just look, man, you're going to fail. People, listen, you're going to fail at something along the way. It's not going to be success the whole time. But you have to take those failures as lessons, not failures. You have to you have to use them for your benefit, not for, you know, beating yourself up. And I think that's what a lot of times entrepreneurs do. We beat ourselves up over the things that we think we failed at, but not realizing the lessons that we learn are more valuable. It's it, like I said, it's an evolving thing. You know, I really appreciate you saying that because we've been talking about your experience with it, because, you know, like like you said, people just don't people don't want to show that side. They just want to show the 
the hey look at me i was first i was here and then now i'm here and it's like yeah right you know that's not the way it really happened well, you can fake stuff on social media too oh yeah yeah every, 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 every there's so many fake things on social media people are pretty much like cardboard replicas of themselves you know they just they're cutouts and what's behind <laughs> it is is kind of empty but <laughs> you know what i mean like of course of course of course we know this you know i'm gonna ask you one more and i'm gonna let ty jump in please please yeah. tell me this what intrigued you about engineering? Because I know you said you went to school for it and you studied it. And that's really one of the, the I guess, cornerstones of, of your business. What intrigued you about engineering? So I was what you call a STEM kid. My, I was raised by my grandparents mm. and my grandpa was Jamaican. And so he would literally go through the classes and see where all of the children were that were focused on math. And he asked them to put me in those classes only when I was a little kid. And so I was a part of the STEM programs after school. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. Yes. And so I was always a part of those uh, programs. So the language of math was very easy for me. Um, and then I really wanted to go to school for fashion. However, I have a friend, um, her and her family are from Laos. And uh, her mother said something I never forget. She said, it's very typical and it's a little bit racist, but it's true. She says it's very typical for some people um, to go to school for what's exciting to them. But the question is, is that where the money is going to take you to get mm -hmm. to your passion? So you have to have money to fund your dreams. Where's the money going to come from? And so mm -hmm. she said, do what's easiest for you, but you know, you're going to make a lot of money. And I remember uh, my godmother, uh, Marilyn Harrison, she was a draftsman. And she did very well for herself just doing drafting engineering. And I remember one day she showed me her check and she was like, you need to go to school for engineering because you'll do well. Um, and then that was what kind of set me on fire. I joined the um, engineering academy we had at the high school I was at. And then the rest is history. And I remember going into engineering kind of like, oh, it's not fun. It's not any nobody's that I know is in this program it was mostly Indian and and Asian and white. I, I don't know yet. if this is <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to see anybody pledge. I was like, I was always <laughs> away from everybody. Right. But I think that um when I started to see like when people graduate, what kind of life they didn't have to go back to school again because mm. they were making mm. money. And so that's when I was like, okay, maybe I'll just stick with it. And I remember my starting salary out of uh when I came out of college, I worked for Shell Oil, that's where I got my start. Uh, my starting salary was what my great grandmother told me that she never even thought she could retire on. Wow. That's when I knew that I loved. That's why I like to push people of color in that direction, because mm. it does give you uh, a, the type of income where you can invest in what you want to do yeah. with E. Yeah, that's gotcha. awesome. That's awesome. So I'm going to make sure I get my, my son into some engineering programs. <laughs> he too. <laughs> But but it's, yeah. it's gonna listen to Ty. That's what I got to do because that's she's right. She's completely right about it. Yeah. Ty, I know you got a question, boy. What's up, man? Yes, um, Miss Green, you had a podcast show called Elon Musk If You Must Podcast. That particular one. Mm -hmm. uh, in the description, it says, "Um, how do you cut cut to the chase and take and take it from a side hustle to something investors would chase you down to invest in?" As people trying to start up businesses and become entrepreneurs, a lot of them are taking what they originally had as an actual side hustle, and they're trying to make it into a business. Do you have any recommendations for people that are trying to do that, take what they have as a side hustle 
and turn it into a profiting business? I think the question that a lot of people don't want to face when you fall in love with something or idea or concept is the Elon Musk, if you must. Uh, I take that approach in business, his approach. He researched which company would make sense for him to go into first. He didn't just go start a company because he wanted to read books. He saw that the online business was where everything was going, e-commerce. Um, mm-hmm. And then he saw two of the biggest uh, giants. I think it was Barnes and Nobles at the time. And uh, what is the other one? Books something. Uh, I, don't, I don't even remember because that's how long it's been. <laughs> yeah, it was right. Oh, goodness. Barnes it's and been, Nobles. It was. What was the other was one? Another, no. And, and people, these companies were huge. People were yeah. going to buy books and drink coffee. Yeah. And he literally wiped them out. Not because he, he guessed right. Uh, it was because he saw where the trends were going. So I think when you look at your side hustle, is that a trend that the timing is going to be right as it grows? Because I, um, I always like to listen to him speak. He said Amazon didn't work because he was a genius. It worked because the timing was right. Mm. That's the biggest component to a success of a brand. Airbnb was the same company that people rejected for years. Mm. But because in mm. 2008, people needed to keep their homes the timing was right. So yeah. Airbnb was genius at that time. It was. And so everything is about timing. And so if you look at your um, business model, is the timing right? Is this where money is going? Is this an niche market where people are already headed to? I think that's a good question to ask yourself. That's that's very, that's a very good, good thing. No, it is timing. You're right about that. Like it is, there are businesses that stay around, that kind of stay afloat for 10, 15 years before People, like you said, time, the time is, is now. This is their time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, nah, I mean, I definitely know timing is definitely something that we have to always, I guess, stay, stay, stay privy of, shall I say. You know what I mean? Just stay aware of it. Tell me, tell me this. What, what makes it so hard for some, minor, some women and minorities to, be, to make it to the C-suite? I think the first thing is the, the voices in our head mm-hmm. uh, that we intimidate ourselves with the thought of it and we make the C-suite so such a myth. I think that's first. Uh, I think because of the lack of representation there, but we feel we're not up to par. We are intimidated by those titles. And that all starts with confidence and where you are in your head. I think what else, another thing that makes it harder and it feels like you can't access it is because we don't know what it takes. What are they looking for? You know, what, what is your resume supposed to look like? Um, and so that, and that's where my program comes in. Um, but that's what mystifies the C-suite for us because we don't typically see black people there. I think some people end up taking the entrepreneur route because they feel they won't even make it to the C-suite. So they get frustrated with the rigmarole of corporate America. But I think that's what the, the main one is, is the fact that we don't feel that they'll hire us or we don't know what it really takes or what qualifies us for that. And lastly, like you said, um, when people get to that position, they don't know what to expect. So there's a lot of fear on and the mystery of what's there and what's expected. That's real. That's definitely real. Like I said, I, I think people think the executives do a lot of work. <laughs> and, and, don't, and don't get me wrong. You are. This is how I feel. Yet you're held to the fire just as much as a person on a project team is. And, and again, I don't say this to be sarcastic or be funny, but there are executives I work next to. I mean, do you think they care if they got laid off or fired? They had a golden parachute. <laughs> so Very even true. if the board got rid of them, what is the CEO of Johnson & Johnson? When they let him go, he had a $23 million payout. Yep. Oh, like, he's not going to struggle. <laughs> no, he's not. I, I, 
I'm not saying to just go in there and do anything. I'm just saying by the time you make it there and if you get laid off or anything like that, you're fine. The, the best thing about the C-suite is if you've ever worked in corporate America, when they fire someone in the C-suite, they don't get rid of them the way they get rid of you. No, no. They let them do a farewell letter and they make it seem like the person is <laughs> stepping down. It's very dignified. And it's and a nice it. paycheck. <laughs> hey, you can go get another job too. Johnson Johnson CEO. And then go get another million. job. I'm, I'm, I'm go, I'm go, another company. Right. Oh goodness. Yeah, and and yeah. then you were the and it's on your resume that you were you know by, by that point you're 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 part of the, the hedge, the hedge, the headhunters, as they say. They're yeah. looking for the heads of the company. You can go from one CEO to another CEO. Yeah, to and, and those people go from job to job making money. Two years. Two years they're spending one, one organization and they'll move on to the next one. Two years. Two exactly. years minimum. They'll be like, oh, I'll be here for two years, make my money, keep it moving. The difference between white males and uh, people of color and uh, women, period. I think white men, they are they understand this is business and it's not personal. They play yeah. the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I feel like people of color, we get in our feelings, you know, if we don't like the company, we feel like, well, I'm not talking to those people. I'm not networking. It's not you being fake or kissing up. It's business. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but listen, you know, I, God, we, we could talk to you all day, all night. <laughs> I can talk to y'all all day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I know, I know we got to, we got to wrap it up because I know we got stuff to do. I know you probably have to go and, and get ready for your next thing, your next podcast, your next your next event, your next uh, educational, uh, educational masterclass. Yes. Yes. Her masterclass where she teaches, <laughs> she teaches how to do this. I told you I, I'm sitting here listening to her. So my wording, I'm like, yo, like, like she is mesmerizing with what she's saying because the career blueprint. Yes. Listen, man, I, I, I have conversations with brothers all the time about this. You know, I, I talk to them a lot about working in corporate America. What's it like, you know, how we can advance ourselves and the words a lot of times that we that that I hear, and even sometimes I might say, like, is they don't want us there. You know, they don't want us in those positions. And I think from just having this conversation with you, Miss Daniela, is that, you know, I think the language that we have to change is going to help our psyche in understanding that they do need us there. You know, they need us to be they need us to be there because if we're not there, it's going to it's going to hurt their profitability. It's going to hurt their bottom line because. When you have all white companies, that's it. You you end up like Walmart. That's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Right. So, you know, it's 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 invigorating to hear you really break down the current way that business is done. Current, not the way it was done ten years ago, not you know twenty years ago. The current way it's being done now, and helping us understand how we can move forward as you know people in positions of of People with CEO minds, that's really what I want to say. People that have the psyche of CEO that want to lead and be and be productive at the same time. And, you know, for me, and I know from Ty, like T ain't here, but I greatly, we greatly appreciate you for just dropping as much knowledge as you did tonight. I can't thank, thank you. you enough. I can't. I th- I'm thankful to, that you guys invited me. I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Listen, I'm, I don't know. You grateful? We we grateful. <laughs> we grateful. Um, and you know, like I said, we're gonna ask you something else on the other side. I know that you know you got a lot that you're doing and things of that nature. But um, we, we you know offline, we'll talk to you about that. Um, but Miss Green, listen, I I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight, Jimmy Bond's podcast, Philadelphia Radio. We thank you so much. Can you please tell the family 
where to find you at social media wise and online, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Daniela Green International. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of my handles are at Slaypedia, S-L-A-Y-P-E-D-I-A. So if you are looking for me on social media, if you just type in Slaypedia, I'm the only one with that name and it'll take you right to me. That's my social media handle. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. So if you type in Slaypedia into YouTube, it'll come up there as well. That's why I put the podcast. Uh, You can go on one of the platforms and find that, Apple, uh, iTunes, or Google Play. Again, I mean, listen, I, I, I follow her on Instagram. I followed her a couple of days ago because you know, you. I, I, I was interviewed. I just, you know, you want to see what people are doing, but I followed you on both, both our pages. Uh, the radio station is following you too. So, you know, again, I'm thankful for you. We're thankful for you. The team's thankful for you. My listeners, the family is definitely going to be thankful for everything that you dropped tonight. Is there anybody that you would want to dedicate this podcast to? My grandparents. Um, I think the if you ask me what has made my path so, I guess not easy, but the reason why I am here is simply because they taught me a simple thing, which is how to speak to people. Yeah. Um, so I'm very grateful for my grandparents. Amen. And that's that's real. <laughs> that's real. Ty, anything you want to say, man, before we go? The interview was great. The knowledge, the information that you gave, it it's, it's wonderful. And I thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was really, really good. All right, listen, we're, we're thankful to having you. We, we're going to stay in touch. We're going to okay. stay in touch. Shout out Let's to Ali. That. Make sure, you know, Ali just dropped another jewel on us. But thank you so much. I can't, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm freaking speechless, which is very rare. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, it's very, it's very rare. But, you know, it's very rare that I don't have nothing to say. You know, what I mean? so <laughs> I, I'm just like, you know, tonight I was I was the student and I appreciate I appreciate that a lot because you can never stop learning that that's important to me. So, family, we're going to wrap the show. Well, thank you for listening to Jimmy Bond's podcast and Philadelphia Radio. Remember, you can call us with your comments and questions at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. It's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. And again, family, we are still in a COVID-19 pandemic. So please, 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 please wear your mask, wash your hands, practice social distancing. I don't care if you're vaccinated, you're unvaccinated. I'm not going to hold it against you. But just please make sure that you tell your friends, your family, and your loved ones that you love them. Because you never know when you're going to get another chance. I'm Jimmy Bonds, and I'm out. Peace. Fam, that's going to wrap the show. We want to thank you for listening to Jimmy Bond's podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We ask you to leave your comments and questions at 844-844-1244. Again, that's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. Now, remember, family, we are still in a COVID-19 pandemic. So please, please, please remember to wash your hands, wear a mask, and practice social distancing. Also, remember to take nothing for granted and value every opportunity you have with your friends, your family, and your loved ones. For in these times, every moment is sacred. So until the next episode, you can find me on Good Hope Road, screaming, stay up, don't sleep in your dreams. I'm Jimmy Bonds, and I'm out. Fight on, come on!